Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmercedcoder.com or alexmerced.com. This particular episode I'm going to post on all my podcasts because I think the technologies I am talking about are are interesting. And actually, you know what? I'm going to just make this an episode about decentralized tech in general. So I'm going to talk about one particular thing that I want to really talk about first, and then I'm just going to go over like the whole pantheon of decentralized technology. Um, and that way we can cover like the whole world in, 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 in a video or actually one audio piece. So again, whatever podcast you're listening to, um, thank you for listening. Subscribe if you're not subscribing. I'll also post this on YouTube. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Um, but bottom line is I'm someone who really, really, really is into the idea of decentralization. Okay, so those who, who know me in any venture know I talk about this a lot in the sense that decentralization empowers people because why now why especially with decentralized technology because the problem with when you have something that's centralized which sometimes i can definitely mean efficiencies of scale and it does have its pros there's also its vulnerabilities because again the whole idea like you know cut off the head of a snake if you cut off a central server of a particular app like there's basically there's a huge vulnerability where there's a heart Okay, so for example, if you have a, a application where there are certain servers and there's someone who controls those servers, all you have to do is compromise that person. They can shut off those servers, whatnot. So, so this could result in like oppressive regimes, silencing dissidents. This could result in people's data being misused because one person has access to everyone's data. So there's a lot of cool technologies that really kind of break apart these problems. And um, the newest one that I've learned about um, which I'm going to be writing about more in detail for an upcoming Log Rocket article. So if you haven't actually read my blog post on Log Rocket, I cover a lot of really cool new technologies over there. Um, so you know you can just head over to my main blog, toots.alexmercedcoder.com, and there is a link to my Log Rocket blog there on my technology blog. But uh, IPFS, the Interplanetary File System. Now, what is this? Um, essentially, what it is, it's, a, it's the idea is it's a new internet protocol. So in the same way, there's a protocol called HTTP. So you notice that every URL you put on the internet starts with like HTTP. It's a protocol for sort of, it's like another way for us to kind of identify resources we want to access over the network, um, over private networks, over uh, the internet, the big giant connected network around the world. It's just another way to identify because that's what these protocols do. Like HTTP is one protocol that allows us to send text messages that are formatted in a particular way um, that then get routed to some other computer that's identified by their location so it's location based so what happens is that when i go the when i send i type google.com in the browser and i put http or https in front of it it's sending this little text message and then it goes to this these central servers called dns that know where every other server for every domain is <clears throat> so think of it as like a giant phone book um, but basically those, that among other servers becomes sort of like, and then there, you have to host your data on a particular location that DNS points to. Um, and you've seen, we've seen like websites get taken down because like their, their, their server, uh, the company that provides them with their server decided to like withdraw the service or things like that, or, or someone compromises that server and that content is gone. So this happens because everything is kind of centralized because your content has to be in a particular location that that DNS points to, so it's very location-based. What IPF does, IPFS does, is that it's it's content-based. What you're doing is you're looking for a particular piece of content, regardless of location. 
So in that case, every piece of content that is in the interplanetary file system, which is a kind of a, a weird name, um, has like a hash. A hash is just, a, again, a jumble of letters. Uh, it's a little bit more than that, but to keep it simple, it's just like this like uh, string of letters and numbers and things that kind of disguise or help identify a thing. So what happens is that every hash is gonna to point to sort of a unique piece of content. So if I were to upload, and you don't really upload, basically what happens, it's like if you ever use torrents to do like file sharing, that's pretty much how this works. It's basically what happens is that everyone downloads pieces of a file from, some, from anybody else who has the file. Um, but over time, you know, at the beginning, you're the only person who has the file. So like when I add, I say, hey, I wanna put this on IPFS, a hash gets created. Um, that identifies that this file exists. So it could be like an HTML file if I'm serving like a, a website or an MP3, if it's an, I want to share an MP3, literally like w w any kind of file, okay? Um, and so if I, again, I want to share that HTML page, I say, okay, this file, I have this file. It points to my computer where that file is located, but it doesn't actually point to my computer. What happens is that I'm just like the first, um, host of the file. So then if somebody else says, hey, I want to access that particular file, they put in that hash, then what's going to happen is that they'll download that file for me. And now there's two computers, again, assuming that you turn on hosting. So if you just if you choose to be a host, a file host, a, a node in the in this IPFS network, then anytime you access a resource, you now become another place that people can download it from. So let's say 10 people have downloaded my file. So let's say I made like a HTML file for a web page, and then someone accesses that file. Now they're not downloading it from just me, but from the 10 other people who also have shown that they have that file and are hosting it. So over time, that file becomes more proliferated and more distributed. And again, there's no one place. You can't just delete that file off one person's computer and it's gone. Um, and it's immutable. Like, Basically, if I change that website, like if I were to update the page, I'd have to re-upload it, get a new hash, and that's a separate file being proliferated. So again, it's not like, it, it's not like, again, the traditional website, a traditional internet, where I, you know, I can update the files and they just reflect those updates. The idea here is you're sharing sort of a file, each hash points to a file at a particular sort of state. Um, so this could be cool for sharing like, you know, different versions of manuals. I mean, you could technically do websites this way. The only issue is that, you know, you'd have to have some sort of mechanism to point it to sort of the latest version of the website, um, which there's different ways of doing it. You could create like a public internet facing uh, screen that points people to the newest version. And that's kind of what my article will be about. So again, keep an eye out for that in LogRocket. Um, so I just found that like idea really cool because again, the idea is that you're no longer at the whim of a bunch of, you're still interacting over the public network because we're still pointing to computers at particular IP addresses. It still requires net computers to be connected, but it really smashes the idea. And this is a protocol that's already supported by the Brave browser. So you can use IPFS. Um, I wonder if the Tor browser supports it because I know Tor has like its own, own uh, protocol, which is what's like used for the dark web, which I've never used, but that's another thing that's out there. Um, cool but that's not the only cool decentralized technology that's out there there's also mastodon mastodon's basically decentralized twitter so instead of having just sort of one company twitter that provides you this service but everything is on their servers 
they have your information, they can use that information for like data mining. Um, if they don't like what you're posting, they can just shut down your account. Or if someone just complains and doesn't like you, they can shut down your account. Because a lot of people who post fairly innocuous content get their accounts shut down because somebody reported them because they don't like them. Um, it happens all the time. Okay, and then of course, you know, moderation oftentimes has to be done by humans. And different humans have different biases. So different moderators might be more harsh on some people than others. So there's a bunch of sort of, you know, uh, risk you take doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't use platforms like Twitter and Facebook, but again, there are aspects of them um, that you're kind of subject to the whims of others. The cool thing about Mastodon is you can kind of host your own server that you moderate, okay? You decide what's on that server and who can be a member on that server. But just because you run their own server doesn't mean people can't see the content of people on other Mastodon servers. Okay, it's what's called a federated network. So basically what happens is as you follow people, as people on your Mastodon server follow people on other Mastodon servers, they all sort of start communicating with each other. And then if you're the owner of the server and you say, okay, this server has people I just don't like and I don't want, you know, if, you wanna, if you're on my server, you're not gonna see content from these people. You can say, no, I don't wanna federate with this particular server. So you have the ability to have free speech um, and the ability to control your data, but you also have the ability to moderate. You also have the ability to control sort of who you associate with without necessarily saying this platform belongs to only X people or Y people, okay? Everyone can sort of find their space um, in this federated network. And that's a really cool idea, and you can apply that to a uh, lots of places. So Mastodon's a really cool decentralized technology. Then there's Gun.io. Gun.io is a new sort of database a type of database which is decentralized. So instead of actually, let's say you were to create a, a social network, you don't have to save the network in one big giant database. Instead, you take advantage that every browser has this thing called local storage. And then, and also people can connect to each other directly using a, process, uh, a protocol called WebRTC. This is actually what Zoom uses. So this is why we can you know, have so many Zoom calls because we're not technically using someone else's server, we're connecting directly with each other through uh, Web, WebRTC. So this uses that process of having like users connect directly to each other to share data, but the data is hosted on that user's computer. So what happens is that like you could create a social network or a chat app where your user data is on your computer and it's available when you're on the network. Um, so you have control of your data. You still have this massive social network, thousands of people. It can't really be shut down because there's no central server where all this data is located. Um, you know, it, uh, basically the application kind of runs itself. Basically all you would need to do is just have like a app that kind of introduces people. That's exactly what Zoom does. Like when you connect to others through Zoom, Zoom is really just kind of acting as a, uh, a facilitator between introducing computers to each other. And then this app facilitates these communications between the computers themselves. Okay, and that's why like video chat has become so ubiquitous these days because WebRTC has made it where computers can communicate directly with each other. You just need someone to do that introduction and make what's called a handshake, um, which is really, really cool. So gun.io allows you to do that. Again, it's not blockchain. You're not saving the data on the blockchain. You're saving it on the user's computer. So it's not like encrypted or anything, unless you encrypt it. Um, but the beauty of this, it's it, it can be a little bit less sort of intensive than like with blockchain where you have to do like proof of work, it can be a little bit quicker for for things like a social network. This is a really awesome option. Okay, and this can, again, it can create really decentralized networks. Because even right now with Mastodon, 
Um, even though you can be on a decentralized federated network, your data is still on the server that you're on. So if you're signing up with somebody else's server, your data is still on their server and you're subject to their moderation. Even though you can choose who you're being moderated by. Now, with gun.io, let's say you, you, you we, they changed uh, Mastodon and made it where the data is saved through gun.io, even though there's these federated sort of like WebRTC servers, you can essentially create the same thing that is sort of federated. You still have different signup points and different servers that introduce the computers, but your data is on your computer. And that would be like the ultimate sort of decentralized application. Um, I'm sure that'll happen in the coming years. Gun.io is like really new, and I don't think much has been built with it yet because people are still discovering sort of what it can do and what are the best practices. But it's an extremely exciting technology um, that I am personally very, very excited about. Of course, and there's blockchain, and blockchain has come a long way for as development. Yes, there's Solidity development. Um, that's sort of the big thing. That's like learning how to like do Ethereum smart contracts, which writing Ethereum isn't like super complicated. Like it, it looks like I think if I remember right, what does it look like? Um, I think it looks like JavaScript if I remember right, but it looks like like writing classes in JavaScript um, or TypeScript. Okay, I mean, as far as like just sort of the appearance of the syntax. Um, and basically, I saw like there's a great YouTube channel called Fireship IO. If you haven't subscribed to Fireship IO, highly recommend it. Subscribe to my channel while you're at it. Okay, I can definitely always appreciate the subscribers. Um, whether it's any of my YouTube channels, whether it's like coding-related content or opinion-related content. Um, so, but um, they did a great job on like just like 100 seconds of like Solidity development and it really kind of gives you like a good high bird's eye view if you were interested in getting into Solidity development. But it's not the only out there. Like a lot of blockchains nowadays will use other languages. Um, they have software development kits in JavaScript, in Rust, in whatever language you would prefer to do uh, development in. And a couple of the ones that I'm really interested in like learning more about are things like Algorand. Um, Algorand's really interesting, especially now that I think was it like, I forget which country, um, was it Ecuador? This says they're gonna start using Algorand to develop like a, a currency that they'll be using nationally, which is really interesting. I was into Algorand before that, but not to sound like a hipster, like I was into it before it was cool. But, um, you know, it, that definitely makes it even much more interesting. Um, that's fascinating. There's a lot of different networks. Polkadot this has a lot of stuff, cool cool stuff going on. Um, I'm always interested in waves, cause not partly because partly I hold a lot of waves, so that'd be really nice if that went really well. Um, Shiba is interesting. Um, I know Shiba kind of came out as a joke. It's like essentially like what Dogecoin is to Bitcoin is what Shiba is to Ethereum. So essentially, like that's at least that's my understanding of it. So like Shiba is sort of the meme version of Ethereum. So it's essentially like a blockchain that can support smart contracts, but again, it's named after a dog to for marketing purposes. But that doesn't necessarily mean people can't start making smart contracts in Shiba and turning it into a thing. And uh, that would be also pretty cool. Okay. But again, you can create decentralized applications in the sense that, again, the data on a blockchain is not saved on any particular computer. It's saved on all the nodes within that network. So again, there's just nowhere particularly to shut off the thing. And like that's the benefit of decentralization. There's no, there's no head to cut. Now, again, I've been talk, talk, talking about all sort of all the good things. Of course, there are possible um, cons. Okay, cons, of course, like, you know, whatever these, what if a harmful enterprise creates a decentralized application? 
okay? Um, and I'll let you define what harmful is on your own. Um, but let's say there's a harmful enterprise that harms others or is harmful, and but now there's no way to get rid of them. This is a possibility. Or there's content that's har harmful that now cannot be destroyed because it's within the blockchain network and the blockchain network is immutable or IPFS is immutable um, or, I mean, not, yeah, immutable. That's generally how these things work. The idea is that you don't necessarily delete old information. You just have new versions of things in, in, in new information. So on IPF, you create a new version of the file and it's a hat. There's a hash. In blockchain, everything is like, it's a ledger. So nothing, you're just tracking a bunch of transactions um, that contain sort of the state of things and update the state, but it's not that the old state has gone. So there's no way to like erase that the thing existed without, you know, literally like having to get everybody who runs that particular blockchain to be on the same page. And this is for like really like distributed no, you know, block public blockchains that have like distributed nodes. Um, that would be impossible. Theoretically, there probably will be some pseudo somewhere in the middle, like decentralized but centralized. Um, blockchains, ones that where it's not just one node, there might, but the, it'll be more like a, a network of trusted partners. Like I think banks are kind of doing this kind of thing, where you know, ten banks agree to all be nodes of this one particular blockchain, and that way they can all agree to like alter the content if needed. Um, but again, like they all have to agree, so no one can do it. So again, it provides sort of a balance of of, of those of those considerations. That's probably something like that is probably what will end up being um, the mainstream result. Uh, there'll always be room for all these, like, again, truly, truly decentralized technologies when they're at their most decentralized. One, because there's people like me who just, like, really appreciate the technology for what it is and like using it at its maximum. But also, you know, there's just, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then, of course, there's going to be people who want to do things uh, good or bad that they want a lot, you know, the, the benefits of these, the, pri the privacy and ownership of information. But again, there'll be people who don't care about those things, or at least not as much, and may prefer some of those, some of those sort of midway compromise solutions, which any of these technologies can find a way. So again, like IPFS, you can have like a, a clear net, clear net's what you refer to as a normal internet, HTTP internet. Um, you know, you can have a clear net proxy where it's a website you can interact with IPFS through clear net, so that, you know, if you, if you don't care that much about the privacy aspects, but you kind of want to use the protocol um, in a convenient way, um, or Mastodon, um, you know, again, you sign up with somebody else's server, because you're, you're, you're fine with the moderation that that particular server has, you don't want to host your own server, and, uh, you, you know, you're happy with that. But point is, like, there's a lot of cool decentralized technology out there, and um, I'm really excited about it. Um, I hope all of you are all excited about it. I hope you all check it out. And um, you guys have a great day. My name is Alex Merced. From either alexmerced.com, alexmercedcoder.com. You know, I have several podcasts, so just subscribe to whichever one you find interesting. Just look up my name on your favorite podcast catcher. Look me up on YouTube. Uh, look me up on Instagram, Twitter. And, uh, you know, follow me on the socials. Uh, I don't post as much opinion, like political opinions, as much as I used to. But I'm still very much someone who's going to talk about technology. And a lot of that's going to certainly cross sort of both my areas of interest where it's like, you know, individual empowerment and, you know, technological um, adoption of kind of cutting edge technologies, especially decentralized technologies that really help empower individuals. 
So, you know, if all that sounds good, then like follow my content, I think you'll like it. And then if you do want to follow or, or go back and see some of my old opinion content, go do so. Just keep in mind, like, you don't have to agree with everything I ever say. Um, but, you know, you might find something that provides a perspective you might find interesting. If not, don't, don't bother listening to it. It's okay. Okay, like, not everyone has to agree with me. Not everyone has to listen to me. Um, that's, that's the beauty of a free world. Okay, um, but uh, that stuff exists for those who may be interested in it. But most of all, at the end of the day, what I care about most right now is just people using technology to its max to empower themselves, uh, to be able to not just survive, but thrive and build the cool things that are going to even enable us to thrive at even greater levels tomorrow. Okay, and that just requires, you know, as many people as possible to just be out there and saying, uh, I'm going to embrace technology, I'm going to use technology, and maybe even build things that are cool by knowing what's possible to build and what tools are out there for them to build it. And that's sort of my mission right now. And uh, that's what I care about. And that's sort of where I'm at. Okay. I'm always about individual empowerment, but right now I'm on the technical technological uh, bent in that regard. So have a great day. My name is Alex Merced from alexmercedcoder.com. Have a great day and enjoy. Also, I just started uh, using the Wisdom app. A Wisdom app is more like, it's, it's a lot like Clubhouse, but for like mentorship. So instead of just people talking about anything, um, it's more specific to like experts talking about things that they're expert of and, and sharing uh, knowledge. So do follow me on the Wisdom app. Right now, I think the app is only available on iPhone. So again, like Clubhouse, it was originally on iPhone. Now I think it's on both. But uh, if you have an iPhone, download the Wisdom app. Follow me on the Wisdom app because I'll be doing sort of also live audio where you can interact with me and uh, ask me questions and whatnot. So check that out. Have a great day and enjoy. My name is Alex Merced. See you later.